Hi, I'm Nozmanga and this is To Document Myself. Hello and welcome to the long-awaited episode 3. It's the depression and anxiety for me. I mean, the title already implies the reason why it's taken too long and it's going to become clearer as I speak. So let me start with feedback and leftover chats from my previous episode. So the first question is from Naomi, hey, who asks, I heard you don't like being referred to as Chomi, but friend, please explain how you interpret the two. So for me, um, Chomi feels like a queer microaggression. <laughs> it's like how despite there being some distinctions between gender and sexuality, the gay best friend, TM, will be referred to using she, her pronouns and our girlfriend, girl, Chomi, even though they're still cis men. <laughs> so to me, Chomi gives stereotype and Warren Masimula's character, I think it was Togo Chanel in says Topla, right? Like, <laughs> um, it gives like flamboyant. <laughs> Although contextually, Chobi may mean different things for different people. I think give me inama undertones are snacks in our time. But also, I hope people aren't taking me too seriously <laughs> and taking everything that I say as gospel truth. Because like I said in my trailer, I'm just thinking out loud um, that I don't like the word Chomi doesn't mean you should never use it ever. I think I've, I mean, Abanyamantu don't mind it. And I guess this is why it's important to get to know the different people in your life and to treat them accordingly. Um, so yeah, that's that. I think secondly, just a small comment on the chats about internal and external validation. I think although I do recognize that sometimes external validation is helpful towards our self-perception, I think that external validation is the cherry on top, but it's not the cake. You are. Um, finally, on pronouns and asking for them when you meet people. So I attended a talk recently where one of the attendees, a trans man, spoke about how being asked for his pronouns triggers dysphoria and anxieties about not passing and that he preferred it if he was just called by his name until people maybe overheard his correct pronouns being said by other people. And damn, man, <laughs> it made me realize that perhaps, contrary to my own belief and practice, it may not be the best thing to ask or to use the maybe not so neutral they them and i've been thinking about it since um i don't really have a clear <laughs> um but i am kind of trying to trade with more caution going forward um yeah so on to today things have been incredibly hard because lately i've been operating from way beyond the end of myself and I've been at a place of like substantial defeat and overwhelm. Um, I'm, a I'm, I'm here and able to record because uh, things have gotten light enough that I have room and capacity to be here and do this. But the chat is I've been knee deep in pushing myself in the name of producing assignments and doing the work. And I've been exhausted. Um, <laughs> so let's get into it. I think... Um, to start are the very apt words of no name in the song Forget About Me. 
the secret is I've actually broken. <laughs> a point of context. Um, my life had the appearance of being on track. As in, I was the overachiever who collected A's and got into my dream university at the time. Until I completely unraveled in second year and dropped out of school. Um, I had been diagnosed with depression and anxiety in that year. But the truth is that I was always depressed, specifically. And the things that happened at the institu- that institution um, were just the tipping point, the proverbial straw <laughs> that broke the camel's back. Uh, maybe the story deserves its own episode, but the short version is uh, I then spent three years at home recovering from <laughs> the weight, uh, the dysfunction and trauma of my entire life up until that point. Um, and I spent the years, in the, uh, in the words of James Baldwin, vomiting up all the filth I'd been taught about myself and half believed before I was able to walk on earth as though I had a right to be here. And I think somewhere between the first and second year, I, and this is huge, actually started to experience life as an undepressed person. (laughs) And then in the third year, I felt close to being ready and made the decision to return to school the following year. That was last year, my second first year. (laughs) And I'm currently in my second second year. (laughs) But this is the thing, right? The depression has come back. And that and anxiety have been boxing me. And I've had a very hard time watching myself slip back into that familiar darkness and difficulty um like this year particularly has been hard in all caps and i think like sometimes i wonder like is it better to have just been depressed the whole time or if yabona that thing of having had the three years where everything was just light and life was great and watching myself slip back into it um, over the past like year and a half, um, yeah, no, that hasn't been a cute time. But because I have people pleaser tendencies, and because the stakes are high, because this is my second attempt at life, <laughs> I wasted a lot of energy last semester trying to appear as if I was okay, mostly because I was in denial about the depression. And um, I was invested in the performance of being seen to be a good student, which meant being a perfect student. And that came at huge personal cost because my depression makes everything that much harder to do. But there I was doing my readings and showing up to every class prepared and engaging and looking good while at it because we don't go through the most. We glow through the most. (laughs) That time it actually took me everything to maintain that performance because it was taking me hours to get out of bed and I was struggling to cook and take care of myself and this is on top of uh, having to deal with the anxiety of producing assignments which has meant that despite knowing the work well and doing all the necessary preparation actually producing assignments has been excruciatingly painful and I mean they do eventually come out and they are good But the process of actually getting there is absolutely exhausting. 
So I think a huge shift has had to happen this semester in terms of accepting that I'm a struggling student. And I think with this being my second time doing my undergrad, and because I was doing much better when I started this degree, I thought I had overcome the, the depression and anxiety. But as my studies have progressed, it's become clear that I have to accept <laughs> that they're here to stay and figure out how to move from there. So then I have struggled with what it means to be depressed again and what it looks like to do school while depressed. And part of what's made that difficult, which is linked to the need of uh, the need to perform okayness rather are the <laughs> the remnants of my Christian conditioning TM <laughs> as in what does being depressed again mean for the recovering Christian in me who believes in healing and miracles and breakthrough who thought I'd been healed from the depression I think when you socialize like that you learn to face afflictions of any kind with a view to overcome or to be seen trying to overcome. And the failure to do that reflects a lack of faith, which is shameful, right? And I think this is supported by verses like Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 to 9, which says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Like, it sounds very victorious, but in my case, child, I've been afflicted and crushed, perplexed, and driven to despair. <laughs> but I think a lot of what I've been working through is like, what if I stopped trying to overcome the anxiety and depression and instead learned to live alongside them? And what if I let go of the idea of how my ability to fight or resist validates me? Like, I'm enough whether I fight or not. And even if I didn't show up like I do, and even if I chose to drop out again. So essentially, I've been working towards accepting depression as my old friend or companion. <laughs> Lol, that's actually an insider Nosmanga reference to the song the Sound of Silence by Disturbed, which we sang in my primary school choir. And the opening lyrics say, Hello darkness, my old friend, I've come to talk with you again. And so I've had to accept walking with the sadness and the loneliness and the anxiety and the depression as my old companions who may always come to visit and learn to engage them in a somewhat healthier way without becoming their servant and allowing them to completely consume me, although that's also valid, right? I think it's been completely unsustainable to continue to perform okayness. And I also can't drop out like I did the last time, which for my sake is not something I can or want to do right now. So I've had to think about dealing with the old thing in a new way, which effectively looks like keeping it moving rather than expecting everything to stop uh, while still holding out space for the difficulty. And I guess maybe that the adulthood that I'm being kind of inducted into. Um, but I think it's important to acknowledge that even though I haven't had this grand victory, perhaps my victory and overcoming looks different. 
something my dear friend Dimpo, hey bestie, <laughs> said is um, the overcoming is acknowledging that it's hard and still being and staying here anyway. Um, this is true, right? Like, <laughs> I'm still here. Whereas me five years ago, like, completely crumbled. I would have bounced a long time ago. And I guess I'm learning how to adjust my expectations and give myself a break and lots and lots of grace. I am learning to release the weight of the wall and to work against the shame and the resentment of falling short of the good student standard. And I guess I, I have to refuse to allow the establishment and my difficulties with life to turn me against myself and return me to the default position of self-hatred that I held for at least 20 years. Like, so practically this looks like um, asking for all the extensions and deferring the exams. <laughs> but then there's a way in which I think ableism can make lecturers and even ourselves perceive asking for these and applying for these as either weakness or an advantage when in fact if anything they're actually reasonable accommodation which evens out the playing field for people like me who struggle with mental illness and aren't like other students who cope <laughs> like that's the chat um and i think maybe next year it could mean being upfront about my condition and asking for extensions sooner rather than later but also like <laughs> having to ask with this long performative justification and for every assignment is so boring and so dehumanizing. Um, and I think thirdly, it's also like not internalizing the late penalties as self-sabotage because many times the extensions that they give aren't reasonable anyway when they do grant them. Um, but I think punishing students who are struggling, even like even if I don't ask for the extension and I submit late, I think... Punishing students who are struggling under the guise of, like, disciplining them is ableist and problematic. <laughs> and I just, I don't get how punishing me for struggling with my work is supposed to encourage me to submit on time the next time when the real chat is like, I need support. Anyway, <laughs> I guess my point is that I'm working, I'm working out how to continue to do this thing that I struggle with so much and it's hard but then everything is hard and the difference here is that I love the work that I do and I have the sense that I'm exactly where I should be and doing what I meant to do but I think on the point of the work right uh, I've been reading Dear Center in a Black Spirit memoir by Akwaike Emezi and um, the letter execution, dear Nonso, has made me realize another factor behind why I've been struggling as much as I have. I think um, after the three-year break where I basically got to opt out of life and responsibility, um, I've had a hard time returning to <laughs> just how much work this life thing requires. And it feels like the more time passes, the more work you have to do. Um, but I think... In my head, I've suffered so much <laughs> in Pilueni that I deserve an easier time and I shouldn't have to work hard to achieve the life of my dreams. And then there's like this ideological stance which says that we only have to work as hard as we do for survival because of capitalism, TM, which is the big bad wall. 
but then work for survival always exists in any society and it's that capitalism commodifies labor and puts money and many other qualifiers in between us and our access to survival or whatever anyway i think the chat that um Akweke has is like just the idea of counting the cost of the work that you have to do doing the work um regardless and how sacrificial that has to be and i think that's something i have to do like i can't be shocked at having to do the work daily because i chose to be back at school and that means doing the work in specific ways that i can't opt out of and because i don't come from wealth even if i wasn't at school and i don't know i don't know that there is an alternative that allows me not to do the work so then it's like I need to count the cost of my dreams or goals or the life that I envision for myself and pay it. And I need to kind of take up my cross and deny myself to bear it. I just need to do the work. But I think it's important to point out that even with all of the struggle, I'm doing pretty well. I think so last year I ended the first year with all A's and right now <laughs> I'm still at school and I'm almost done with my second semester of my second, second year. And as lecturers keep reminding us, we're more than halfway through this degree, which is shocking for me because I didn't even think I'd, first of all, be alive. <laughs> Secondly, back at university, let alone two thirds of the way through. I think, yo, this is already further than I got the first time and I'm doing so much better. Like, I just got uh, feedback for two essays that I submitted. Um, both were late, and both were to two scholars whom I respect deeply, who gave me 90 and 92%. In fact, I'm still processing the feedback from the latter one, because part of what she said in the feedback, and I quote, is... I really, really hope you're considering going on to postgraduate studies because you are a rare, singular, uniquely extraordinary and sophisticated thinker and writer, Nozmanga. Hectic. <laughs> Anyhow, all of this to say, okay, I am struggling and I am excellent and I am not trying to overcome. Although I'm carrying similar challenges that I faced before, I face them as a person who has grown, who has a wider tool set, and who knows how to ask for help and extensions. So this has been to document myself. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to hear more and share to your people who you think would benefit. Also, I really love engaging with you and questions, comments and feedback you may have. So don't hesitate to pop me a DM on social media. I'm at nosmanga underscore. But note, Instagram is really where it's at. 